Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Story time. It was a dark and stormy night when park ranger John received a call from a distressed camper, Sarah. She had been camping deep in the woods of a remote national park and had come across a strange. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Creature she could only describe as a Sasquatch. John, skeptical but concerned, set out to investigate. As he made his way through the dense forest, the wind howled and the rain pounded against his hood. He couldn't shake the feeling that he was being watched. But as he approached Sarah's campsite, he found no sign of the creature. Sarah, however, was in a state of panic. She insisted that the Sasquatch had been stalking her all night and that it had tried to attack her. John tried to calm Sarah down, but she was too afraid to stay in the woods. He decided to escort her out of the park. As they walked, John couldn't shake the feeling that they were being followed. Suddenly, Sarah stopped in her tracks. She pointed to a dark figure emerging from the shadows. It was a Sasquatch. John, being a park ranger, knew that these creatures are not supposed to exist and thought it might be some kind of elaborate hoax. But as the creature stepped into the light, John could see that it was real and it was huge. The Sasquatch let out a deafening roar and charged at them. John quickly grabbed Sarah and they ran for their lives. They reached the ranger station and reported the incident to the government officials in charge of the park. But they were met with skepticism and disbelief. The government officials thought it was a hoax, a publicity stunt to attract more visitors to the park. But as the days passed, more and more reports of Sasquatch sightings came in. The park was closed and a team of scientists was sent in to investigate. They discovered that the Sasquatch was not a wild animal but a genetically engineered creature created by a mad scientist who had been experimenting with DNA manipulation in the deep woods. John tried to warn the government officials of the danger this creature posed, but they refused to listen. They were more interested in covering up the truth and protecting their own interests. As the days passed, the Sasquatch grew more aggressive and began attacking campers and hikers. Despite John's warnings, the government officials refused to take action. It was only when the creature killed several people that they finally agreed to take action. But it was too late. The Sasquatch had grown too powerful and was impossible to capture or kill. It roamed the park, terrorizing the visitors and locals alike. John, feeling guilty for not being able to stop the creature, decided to take matters into his own hands. He set out into the deep woods, determined to put an end to the terror once and for all. But the Sasquatch was too much for him to handle. In a tragic and gruesome end, the creature killed John, and his body was found by Sarah, who was camping again. The government officials, guilty of their actions, closed the park forever and tried to cover up the truth, but the legend of the creature and Ranger John, who tried to save people from it, lived on, and it became a horror story that passed through generations. The tragic end of this story still haunts the deep woods of the National Park, and it's said that on stormy nights, 
The screams of John and Sarah can still be heard. My boyfriend and I went backpacking in New Hampshire two years ago and saw a red light in the middle of the night and to this day I still can't explain it. I've backpacked all over the world on my own and as a guide and this is the only weird experience I've had that I simply can't explain. We slept in hammocks right next to each other and had gone off a random part of trail to camp further back in the woods, making sure we were far enough off trail to not be seen by anyone hiking by. It was fall and there was no trail to where we'd set up so the ground was covered in twigs and crunchy leaves. Around midnight I wake up and see a red light shining on my rain tarp and just about shit my pants then and there. Waking up like that I went from 0 to 100 in terms of panic because I assumed someone was using the red light function on their headlamp to check out our campsite. I freeze and listen to try and not let whoever it is know I've woken up but the light fades within 15 seconds of me waking up. I try to wake up my boyfriend to not much avail because he's a heavy sleeper. I scramble out of my hammock like a bat out of hell with my own headlamp and look all around for anyone and give my best intimidating call out of WHOs there to absolutely nothing in reply. We would have heard someone walking away with all the leaf litter but there was no sound at all. We were 6 to 8 miles from our car so our options were go back to sleep or try and hike 6 to 8 miles in the dark to then drive home for 4 hours. We went back to sleep. At one point later in the night my boyfriend said he'd woken and seen a flash of the red light as he'd woken up but he didn't hear anything and just went back to sleep. It's creepy no matter what the explanation and when I googled explanations for red lights in the woods it took me to a bunch of Sasquatch forums so I don't know man. I wasn't able to find many similar stories to my own outside of the random hits from Sasquatch forums so seeing yours made me really excited. I didn't camp for like a year and a half after that experience it scared me so bad. I was camping by the Yuba River outside of Sacramento, and I woke up in my tent to a bear trying to get into my car about 50 yards away. I clicked the lock button and got the horn to honk and scared it away. It came back 5 minutes later and bit a hole in one of my jugs of water I had sitting out. I made the horn honk a few more times and it ran off right past my tent. My dog was shaking like a rattlesnake tail he was so scared. Appalachia. Backpacking north of Asheville in April, weather is predicted to be 40-50s at night and gorgeous during the day. Sweet. Post up night 2 with a beautiful view snapping some sunset pics when the wind gets fierce. Temps start to drop. I have some layers but I'm seeing my breath. Much cold. Get in my sleeping bag and I cannot warm up. Wind is howling like two gods colliding. As amazing as it was terrifying. Decide to pack my sleeping bag with anything that insulates. Get warm. Live. Backpacking a little west of Boone on a weird skimpy trail I found. Wasn't marked on the map but thinking I'll find some cool views. Kinda smell something weird. Found a bend and see a shack, no worries. Just passing through. Scary man with a rifle comes out. Put my hands up, said sorry, a little lost, and backed away. 
I was camping in high school with some friends at our usual backpacking spot. It's not on a map but known to locals. Around 10 p.m. or so another group came through and we told them we claimed this spot but no one was down the trail at the less popular spot. They moved on but seemed ill-prepared to camp and looked more like a go in the woods to drink and cut up. We all hopped in our bags for the night around 11 or so. Around 2 a.m. we all wake up to this huge crashing sound. We were near a cliff sleeping under a big overhang and my immediate fear was huge rock must have fell. Adjusting eyes I realized two young men were standing near our fire pit with a shotgun. I realized now they had fired it because they yelled everybody wake the f up. Everyone was silent and still, the men had no light so they couldn't have seen us all. One of my friends was carrying a handgun and we found out after had it trained on this guy the entire time, but the rest of us were frozen. On brave friend of ours, now an ex-army ranger badass, go figure turned on his light blinding the guy and yelled what you want after a little back and forth it turned out they were with the other group showing up late and were playing a prank on them think we were them. They eventually moved on to find the other group. But it didn't end there, about 3.30 am two girls come walking through in flip-flops, 7 mile hike to here in the middle of Tennessee mountains. Of course we can't sleep at all after the shotgun encounter and yell at them to keep walking. Craziest camping trip ever. So, it was a group of guys. We went way back into the woods, walked for near an hour in deep Appalachian terrain. Lots of slick red clay. Lots of mosquitoes. We got to the spot and started set up. Right next to a bend in the creek. We cooked, ate, made stupid jokes, then we made a big fire and waited for night. Finally, night came. Conversation was calming but no one was ready to bed down. Then I heard it. Off in the dark, the sound of two small girls giggling. I thought I had absolutely lost my mind. It kept repeating in uneven intervals. Even more worrisome, it kept bouncing from place to place in the woods. I resolved to say nothing and live in my insanity for the night. I was leaned up against a tree and held my machete close, not that it would help. I was starting to spiral when my friend says okay, is no one else hearing that? I immediately ask him what he's hearing. He says it sounds like two little girls laughing in the woods. I've never been more freaked and happy at the same time. All of us, but one that was trying to be the cool guy went into a frenzy talking about hearing the same thing but not wanting to sound crazy. We went out into the woods but found nothing. We decided to bed down around 3 am 7 dudes in a giant tent. Not exactly ideal. We continued hearing the laughter and each one of us slowly trading conversation for unconsciousness. I was the last to fall asleep. I could barely cover my eyes until dawn. Daybreak is slow when you're under that much canopy and brush. We were all up and stirring a few hours later. We packed up talked about the night, went home for a good shower and a nap. Tried to go back a few years later but someone had bought the land and blocked it all off. Strange trails. I woke up and climbed out of my rooftop tent. It's set up on a little motorcycle trailer I built with my dad, and below the tent is an awning for the camp kitchen. 
My truck was parked south of the trailer slash tent toward the road, and I walked north to the woods to pee first thing in the morning. I'm still groggy, I'm in my long underwear and it's 6.15am as I walk back to my campsite, the only one on the hill, I see a man standing under the awning in my kitchen with two massive unleashed dogs at his side. I kept some distance and said hey, can I help you? Well, I don't know what you mean by that he replied. Immediately there is an uncomfortable vibe with this older guy, as he's just making himself right at home poking around my kitchen, checking out my stove and whatnot. He has no reason to be in my camp and it doesn't feel like a friendly hello from a neighbor walking his dogs. At the point of his stupid reply, he's an intruder and he needs to leave. There's not much room to misunderstand my question, and I don't have a lot of patience in dealing with idiots slash assholes, so I cut to the chase and asked him what the hell are you doing in my kitchen? I don't know you, I don't know your dogs, and if you don't need help, I need you to move out of my campsite. He starts going on how it's not really my campsite since it was national forest, it is public land and he can walk his dogs where he pleases. He tells me I have nice stuff in the kitchen, how nice my motorcycle is, how I've been camped here for a while. At this point I'm more than annoyed, and I said I know the time limits on how long I can be camped here. You're not forest service and it's not your business how long I'll be here, what stuff I have here, anything like that. I'm asking you again to move out of my campsite. We argued over definitions of public in the context of a campsite, my campsite, which he felt totally free to nose through with his unleashed wolf bear dogs. Even at my second direct request, he was in no hurry to leave my camp and wanted to keep arguing. Basically he had the grade school it's a free country energy. He smugly says I'm free to walk here. I'm coming back here every morning. In this matter of fact way. I told him he'd be physically removed from my camp if that were to happen. My dog will bite you for doing something like that, he said. I replied that sounds like a problem. The guy doubled down, saying he will. I didn't feel the man himself was a physical threat, but he was highly argumentative and becoming increasingly agitated, as was I, and the restless dogs had me on high alert. They were certainly a physical threat and he was threatening to sick his dogs on me. I was attacked by a dog as a kid and had a trauma response to strange dogs for years after. It was the only time I felt the need to hold my pistol while camping. I was standing with my motorcycle between us, ready to push 600 plus pounds of Bavarian machinery over onto him or his dogs if they approached. In my head I thought okay, first push the bike, then go for the gun, then the road. I've gotta get away from this guy or get him away from me. I said if that happens, I'm gonna kick your dog's asses, and then I'm gonna kick your ass. This is the part I wish I'd handled differently but I was on high alert people are free to do a lot of things out here in the national forest. Many people camped out here have guns and they come out here to shoot. Do you wanna see my gun, or do you wanna F off back to the road now? He finally turns to leave and says have a nice day. Do me a favor and go F yourself. Don't come back to this campsite was all I could think to reply. Camping on the side of Chattooga River after a quick storm. Just hung hammocks on the side of a cliff to get some sleep cause we weren't going to make it to the designated camping spot. There was no more light. 
I would normally be happy with the above, but this was the first time I have ever had coyotes making crazy noises very close. I was in my hammock two inches off the ground on a side of the cliff hearing coyotes laugh like witches for the first time. I've never heard coyotes quite like that since either. Blair which was in my mind trying to go to sleep. At first light we were happy to get going. Designated campsite was 20 minutes paddle down the river. Past a rapid we were glad to not go down at night though. I'll never forget it. I think I might be able to take a coyote but there was more than a few. I believe we camped next to a den and they were not happy we were there. We all got a little bit of sleep and the coyotes seemed to calm down eventually as well, mostly. I often think if we had night vision game cameras, how many coyotes we would see walking around us at night though. When I was in high school, few of us were camping out back of my buddy's farm out past the cornfields in some woods. We had our tent in a clearing in the woods. Beers, guns, hot dogs, you know the drill. Around midnight, sky opened up and it was pouring harder than I've ever experienced. We called to the house for them to get us, their truck got stuck in the mud and couldn't make it. They said to tough it out. Our tent was leaking like a sieve. We were in one of those big four-room tents and two of the four rooms had about an inch of water in them. Next thing I know, tornado sirens are going off, and we can hear the tornado off in the distance. We were trying to decide if we stay put or go find somewhere to lay until it passes. Well the twister spooked coyotes who came running and laid against our tent, trying to get out of the rain. Literally pressed up against the walls. No way in hell was I getting out now. So the four of us sat in the center room, clutching our guns and praying the tornado doesn't come to us. Never felt so happy to see a sunrise. Camping in upstate New York last July with my husband, son, eight, and two nephews, 10, 13. Everyone else was in the tents getting ready to go to sleep. I was sitting next to the fire waiting for it to die down a bit more. It was just about sundown, and we were in a spot about 20 yards off the main trail. All of a sudden I hear a person singing coming down the trail. Later, my family said she was singing Kumbaya, SP? But I couldn't tell what song it was. It was just loud enough to hear it was definitely human and definitely singing. I listened as it got lightly louder as she approached and then faded as she got farther away down the trail. I couldn't see anyone at all, and I wasn't about to go investigate. Super eerie. I convinced myself it was someone who was up on the ledges and started back down too late, so she was singing to herself to keep calm and warn off any animals. But I don't know, serious hippie chick from a slasher movie vibes. 1. We have had a few scare animal encounters but have to carry a friend out of a canine that was have a heat stroke. We were in a big group that had broken apart as it was a long hike. My son and I got to our friend and he did not look good. I sent my son ahead to camp for help and to get supplies to keep him alive ready. I also did not want him to see how bad it was. It was a grueling two miles up where I ended up strapping him to my back with my backpack and rope then just climbing. 
Once getting him to camp, we had to work hard and keep him alive. We were in a very remote area where you are warned that no one will rescue you and you are on your own. We were so lucky he did not die. My wife, dog, and I were backpacking on the ad in Vermont. At about 5 in the morning, we heard something moving around outside out tent, and the dog started this low growling. I peeked out and could see a large shape moving around, and first I thought it was a bear. The dog kept growling, but it was that afraid, I'm going to hide behind you sort of growl. The shape moved closer, and I realized it wasn't a bear but a cow moose. She came right up to the tent and looked inside. At this point, the dog was done and ducked behind me. Make it go away, my wife whimpered. I thought how the hell am I going to make a 1000 pound moose go away, but she eventually wandered off. Three years ago, I reserved a hike in only campground in Marin Headlands north of San Francisco. It took about an hour and a half to walk up there. It was very beautiful but very desolate. It was just me. I got up there before nightfall and pitched my little tent. There were no other campers there. I enjoyed the beautiful sunset and went to bed. Sometime during the night I woke up because I heard a noise coming from the trees about 10 yards behind the campsite. It sounded like a larger animal walking through underbrush very slowly, occasionally stopping. I tried to stay calm, but quickly realized that whatever it was was approaching my tent. Then, a few feet away, the footsteps stopped completely. After a few more moments, I heard a noise right outside my tent that I will never forget. It was a very low but very distinctly sad, mournful sound. It sounded exactly like a quiet human moan. I was instantly, totally paralyzed with terror. I did not move and I barely even breathed, let alone ask who was there. I knew I had no cell phone service up there and I would not have moved a muscle to pick up my phone even if I did have service. I'm not religious, but I did pray for whatever it was to leave me alone. I don't know how much time passed before it left, but it did. I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. I remained motionless in my tent until the first bit of light and then quickly packed my stuff and ran back down to the parking lot, got in my car, and drove back to the city. I have not camped alone since then. Small group of friends camping in the woods down a forest road that is public dispersed camping spots. While we were asleep in our tents, a car playing loud music pulled just past our spot and pulled off the road. The music woke us up and we could hear someone get out of the car. All of a sudden a gunshot goes off, then another, then another, then rapid fire 27 more shots. My girlfriend and my dog are obviously terrified, so I grabbed my handgun and put my pants on then slowly poked my head out of the tent. Then as I am creeping out of the tent, I ran to a tree and peered around it. The car is still there and I can barely see two people next to it as it's pitch black out at 3 am. They were roughly 50 feet from my friend's tent and a vehicle with two other friends inside. I creep over to my buddy's vehicle and I knock on the window to say my buddy's name and don't shoot me. Then he opens the door and we try to figure out what the hell to do. 
He pokes his head out and yells, don't shoot, we have guns, get the hell out of here. We see that the two individuals finally notice we are extremely close and they hop in the car pull back and drive away down the forest road. We call the cops, and all hop in one car, drive back into town, and we go to Denny's where we try to figure out what the F just happened. A couple hours later, we get a call from the cops and they say they were unable to find this car but they have multiple vehicles looking. They tell us we are all good to go back to our campsite, obviously the six of us plus my dog are in no shape to go back and sleep in our tents. We hang out until sunrise and then go back. We find the 30 empty 7.62 shells and we see they were shooting essentially parallel with our camp and it was under 75 feet away. Poor location choice to set up my tent during a storm on a solo trip. Kayaked my gear across a lake to a remote location, set up in an area that was relatively dry at the time. Woke up in the middle of the night to my tent being in about 8 inches of rushing water. Waded through thigh deep rushing water to the beach to make sure my kayak was still there, it was. But I dragged it up to higher ground to be sure. Went back to my tent and dragged it as far back as I could out of the water. I had a tree in my way, so I could only move it by 5-6 feet or so. Then I started to dig a trench to divert water and stack rocks to act as a dam. Woke up every 40 minutes or so to check on the water. By the time I got out of bed in the morning the water had risen back to my tent, just barely touching it. Packed up my soaking wet tent and kayaked one hour back to where I had parked. And wouldn't you know it, the sun had come out, the water was calm and clear. It turned out to be a beautiful day. But with a wet tent my three-night trip was cut short to one. Don't cheap out on your tents people, all my gear inside stayed bone dry. When I was little my cousins and I were camping in a treehouse in the Apalachicola National Forest, northern Florida. The treehouse was about 50 yards from an old swamp. We had an old dog that always followed us around and kept us company when playing in the woods. He couldn't get into the tea house due to the steep ladder being the only access so he just hung out under the tea. As it started getting late in the evening we started telling ghost stories to try and scare one another. All of a sudden we hear this big splash coming from the swamp behind us. We all laugh thinking it was our dog going for a late night swim. The next thing we hear is a horrific scream that sounded like a woman being murdered. At the end of the scream there's a low growling sound and we all freeze. There was nothing we could do and nowhere to run. The tree house had an opening in the floor and no door. We start to hear something scratching and crawling at the ladder. We all jump up and go to the farthest point from the entrance. The next thing we see is our dog's head pop up as he struggled to get into the treehouse. He had climbed a ladder that was near 90 degrees to get away from whatever was below. My cousin ran to him and dragged him into the room. We all were silent once again and hear something rustling around and walking circles around the tree. After a few minutes we hear another splash and the animal swimming away. It was the first time I had heard a cougar scream and I'll never forget it. Earlier this year, I was camping on the Clyde River in upstate New York.
It's dark, I'm in my tent trying to sleep, watching fireflies overhead. Out of nowhere, there's splashing. I'm only about 10 or 15 feet from the riverbank, and the splashing sounds like something big is climbing out of the river. My heart starts pounding, and I'm certain that a bear or a moose or something has just swum across the river and chosen my campsite as the exact place it wants to climb out. I hunker down in my tent, terrified and praying it doesn't decide to investigate. I'm clutching my utility knife to my chest, like that would do much against a bear, and I'm doing my best to keep my breathing quiet. The splashing doesn't stop. One, two minutes, maybe three. The water's still splashing. I start to panic, thinking maybe an entire family of bears is coming out of the river. When I eventually realize there's no animal sounds, snorting or pawing, etc., to be heard, I managed to swallow my fear long enough to peek out of my tent. It was just wake from a passing boat. I'm a dumbass. I wasn't entirely alone, though, because a raccoon did steal my leftovers about a half hour later. At Grundy Provincial Park, Ontario, just pulled into our site, freshly arrived, ready for a stretch after a long drive. I climbed out and so did my Great Dane. Turned around and a big black bear, who was brown, walked out of the trees two feet from me carrying a candle in a pot from the campsite next to us. I easily could have touched it. I'm whisper yelling to my husband to not let the kids out of the car as I try to stay still and get my dog out of the path. That mother f just waddled past me, not even bothering to look at me, thank god, while I nearly passed out. My idiot of a dog never even noticed the freaking bear. She would not survive on her own. The thing is, I've run into bears before. On a campsites and while hiking. But I was mentally prepared. This time I was not as we had been in the park for what felt like 30 seconds. I was shook. Was ready to turn around immediately and go home without unpacking. Only time I've ever felt that way on a camping trip. I read my campsite neighbors the riot act about bear safety and scented freaking candles. Needless to say the trip was doomed from. The start as my Dane got diarrhea in the night a few days later and paced circles around the tent, spreading it everywhere. I did get to see more of the bears at the laundry area while washing everything in the tent and I didn't freak out those times. I was camping alone. Just laid down and was starting to snooze when I heard this sound through the bush. I didn't think anything of it really, it's a popular campground. Well this sound is coming from the bush and its heavy footsteps. The kind where you can hear the impact of the step. And I'm thinking oh this guy is bushwhacking lol. Then I start thinking oh shit he's really bushwhacking why? There's a trail right there. And then my sleepy brain wakes up and goes OF. It's a F Sasquatch. And I start freaking out. I sleep with a large knife and axe so I'm griping them just laying there all quiet listening to this thing crash its way through the bush right beside my tent. It's dark AF so I can't even look out the window without using a flashlight. So I just lay there. Listening. Thinking this Sasquatch is gonna rip into my little tent. Then I start thinking oh it's not a Sasquatch it's a bear. 
and I shit you not my heart went from crazy beats jumping out of my chest to calm in an instant. Somehow a real live bear is less scary than a Sasquatch. I even heard it rattling the garbage cans and everything. It was pretty crazy for wildlife that night. Right after the bear passed a large elk or deer came charging through my campsite. Scared the shit out of me. Must have been spooked by my Sasquatch. I was tent camping in Revelstoke two summers ago, and a massive windstorm came through just before the sun was about to go down. The campground had a ton of tall, skinny birch trees. My dog, partner at the time, and I were sitting around the fire, trying to deal with the wind, and all of a sudden start hearing loud bangs, one after another. Then a couple screams. Turns out the birch trees were snapping, and falling onto people's tents slash trailers slash vehicles. Because the sun was just about to set, it was extremely difficult to see much, making the entire situation extremely dangerous. Certain parts of the campground were evacuated, but where I was camped, a tree had fallen across the road, so we were told by park staff to shelter in place and try our best to keep our eyes open. The storm eventually passed, but the next morning when we woke up and saw the magnitude of damage the storm had caused, it was extremely unnerving. Our neighbors had a tree land within two feet of their trailer. Otherwise the trip was great though, 10 of 10 recommend Revelstoke. In 2008, I was camping with friends on the Wisconsin River, between Boscobel and Wailusing. It rained so much Lake Delton overflowed and spilled in. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. To the Wisconsin River, taking houses, trees, and everything else in its path, with it. There was so much rain... They'd opened all 13-ish dams along the Wisconsin River, far, far upstream. We didn't have great cell phones back in 2008, so we didn't know most of this, until the water went up 10-plus overnight, on our second night. There was no exit option other than ride down to Wailusing for our livery. We quite literally rode through obstacles like portions of houses, and trees that at times were full-grown but washed down. There was one bridge we barely made it under due to all the other debris. When we got to the Mississippi River, to turn towards Wailusing, I knew we were in trouble, 
when I didn't see a single boat or jet ski on the river. What's normally a bustling highway of boat traffic, was empty. I could see white cap waves going upstream on the old Mississippi we bungeed all the gear on the canoes best we could, put on our life jackets, and towed the mile or so we needed to, to the area we'd be picked up. It was pretty horrifying trying to navigate a full canoe through waves like that. We were lucky, one of the other boats wasn't, and then they tipped they lost a ton of their camping gear. They made it to safety, but barely. The entire group of friends loves to tell the story when we're having beers but I swore I never wanted to wring out my sleeping bag and sleep with like that again. Every trip down the Wisconsin River after that, was done in August, instead of June. Camping in dispersed camping spots along a small river. We had camped here many times and understood the spacing of campsites along the river. We were parked in the one pullout along the road, which was a big indication that someone is camping there. That didn't matter to the other party. They packed in two tables and covered them with bottles of liquor, just about 10 yards from us. Once we went to bed, there was an argument on the road up above and one single gunshot. The night was silent after, and we never heard anything again. In the morning there were people sleeping in cars, toilet paper all over the ground. It was a mess. But silent. Super weird. I was camping in the middle of nowhere and this car keeps getting closer and closer. It's pitch black, middle of the night, and this car's headlights are on, way off the road. Eventually the car stops like 25 feet from my sight. I'm set up behind a bush and I can tell they don't know I'm there. I decide the best thing to do is make contact so things don't get even more weird. This dude was drunk as f and even more startled to see me than I was to see him. I scared the shit out of him and he was clearly armed. Luckily he just apologized and went on his drunken way. Humans are way scarier than anything else out there. Went backpack camping with my slightly older also female cousin in the mountains in Virginia. Took over an hour to get up to the only parking lot with access to the trailhead due to the road being more potholes than road. A lone car accompanied us in said parking lot. On our hike in we passed a couple of fellow backpackers heading back to the car we saw so we knew as long as nobody else arrived after us we were alone on that side of the mountain encountered a huge rattler laying in the middle of the trail that my cousin's Irish wolfhound decided to investigate and got bit on the nose. He was fine but it was a bit alarming. Got our site set up appropriately, hung food far away, lots of firewood for the night, sub-freezing bags, etc. Had a great evening exploring and appreciating the beauty. I fell asleep relatively easy given all the work we had put in to ensure we were well set up. My cousin wakes me up with reoccurring jabs to the ribs lol. Did you hear that? She was whispering. No tiff I was sleeping what did you hear? She shushed me and said there was something outside of our tent. My being a fatalist and all decided I was more interested in going back to sleep than I was with whatever was prowling around our site. It was 2am probably a raccoon or a possum. Bring it on bucko. 
I was about to put the ear plugs I had brought in my ears when the most peculiar vocalization I had ever heard rang out. It sounded unnatural, almost like a computer-generated sound. It was loud. Sounded like a mix between a turkey call in cadence almost a gobble but high-pitched and warning in nature like a big cat screech. I've spent so many nights in the deep woods all over the USA and have never heard anything close to that sound. I put my earplugs back in, relegated to the fact that we were probably goners. Didn't hear anything else while we were up there. Didn't see any other campers either. Upon our departure we went into the little town at the bottom of the mountain and hit up the market. Asked the locals about the call we heard, while feeling ridiculous attempting to mimic the call, and finally ran into a couple of old farmers who told us how lucky we were to hear what we heard. I guess whatever it is and the sound it makes is a highly sought after experience, although they couldn't definitively identify what the responsible creature was. We went home and searched online for hours for a sound bite that could help us out. Nothing came close. Super frustrating. I can still hear it and wish there was a way to recreate it so someone might be able to help identify what the heck it was. I was hiking solo in the winter of 2017 in the Canangra Boyd National Park southwest of Sydney, Australia. After a full day of hiking and roughly 25 kilometers from my car and the nearest road and the sun is getting low in the sky. I started looking for a clearing to set up camp for the night. I'd slung my pack to the ground and had started pulling out my gear when I caught a large black mass out of the corner of my eye moving slowly through the bush about 50 meters off to my left. Standing up slowly, I had to walk a few paces to get a clear view and to my shock there stood an emaciated black horse staring back at me. Needless to say I wasn't keen on having to share my serenity with this untamed demon horse. So I scooped up my gear and I was off to find another spot for the evening. Here's where it gets creepy. As I started walking again, so too did the horse. It flanked me step for step about 50 meters off my left-hand side for another couple of kilometers. If I stopped it would stop. If I stepped towards it it would step away from me. If I jogged it would trot to keep pace but always flanking my left side. Twilight was settling and it was clear that my new demon horse buddy wasn't leaving. I built a decent fire and decided to use my descending rope and a few trees to create an ad hoc fence encircling my tent and fire. The night descends into the kind of blackness that only comes with a new moon. Oddly I sleep like a baby and had forgotten about the horse until I stuck my head out of my tent and see the rope I'd strung up the night before. Restoking my fire back to life I look over and see the horse laying dead in the exact spot it had been the night before. An emaciated sack of black matted hairy skin, full of bones, it was like it had been dead for weeks. scariest thing to happen to me was while I was camping at Martin River Provincial Park. While I was sleeping in my pop-up trailer I heard what sounded like a young woman screaming in the woods. It started to be sporadic screaming moving through the bush and eventually started coming closer. It sounded like it was about 30 feet away and still sounded exact like a screaming woman or child. I was too damn scared to try to find the zipper for the window so I waited. Right as I was sitting up to unzip the window the scream came from directly below my pullout, 
I couldn't hear any footsteps and didn't know how I'd got there or if it was gone. So I just laid still for what felt like hours. I eventually got up to look and couldn't even see any tracks. My guess is it was cougar or some other cat that was in heat. We had the fire nearly run out of wood, and it was a very dark and late night so there was really no use for me and my drunk buddy to gather some while our girlfriend slept. We decided to finish the last six beers, and talk about random things before bed. I got up to take a leak and when I pulled out my flashlight I caught a damn skunk about two steps away from me. I backed up as quick as possible, but it was obviously annoyed at nearly being stepped on by some drunken midwestern guy with his unit halfway out. Close call and not that scary considering that could have ended a lot worse. When I was a boy scout I did this camping trip where you hike 5 miles in and set up camp, after getting settled we watched these dark clouds roll in. Our leader called us over to tell us we were in a tornado warning and that we should be prepared to leave. It escalated quickly. Radio said we had a tornado touchdown less than 10 miles away and they called in two vans to come get us. Rain that came down flooded the area so bad that the vans got stuck. The wind was picking up and the rain was even worse, radio said the tornado was getting closer to use so our leader told us to drop everything and run. I was never scared of storms but running through heavy rain, lighting strikes that were less than a mile away from you where you could feel the pressure and static, not knowing where everyone was or really where to go because it was so dark and the rain was so torrential. It was terrifying. Been camping a lot since then and noises in the dark don't bother me, but storms are something else. My young family and I were camping at a state park and the people in the spot next to us were a middle-aged man and his mother. They were sharing a two-person backpacking tent. The worst part was how abusive he was in speaking to her, hours of belittling talk raised voices that we endured overhearing along with threats to leave her behind. We asked the park office if there was another site we could move to but the campground was full. We tried to shield our young children away with games and activities, and then packed up and left early the next morning. Out in northern Ontario bush as a kid, 40 plus years ago, middle of nowhere lake. A bunch of drunks showed up. Started chatting with our family fine at first. Got creepy fast. I was about 12, female. Hitting on me, hitting on my mom. Being assholes to my dad. My dad always had a shotgun hidden in the camper for bears. I remember him getting up. Putting us in the camper him getting the gun then just sitting down at the fire again. I don't recall him saying a word. I remember looking outside and he had the gun resting across his lap. The drunks left shortly after. I'm pretty sure my dad spent the whole night out at the fire waiting just in case they came back. We moved in the next day. I was camping with my girl in the Virginia mountain ranges. She wanted to hike so we did, until dark even though I told her it was an hour drive to our site. 
We are free camping so pretty remote area and we still wanted to make our dinner. Needless to say the smell of cooking ground beef attracted many nighttime critters including a pack of coyotes. Now these things didn't bother us, but they did surround the site. I wasn't too worried, but my girl was freaking out. LOL needless to say we won't be waiting until dark again. Went solo camping with my dog at a remote lake in Colorado. We left after work that day and arrived at the trailhead a little later than expected. This was Labor Day weekend and I expected there to be a ton of people there. We started the hike and didn't see another soul on the trail or at the lake. It was an hour long hike to the site and it was dark when we arrived. I set my tent up in the dark and we climbed inside. The wind was off and on all night but it would calm down and we could hear something outside the tent. Twigs snapping, etc. My dog was restless and would start intensely growling as the noises came and went. He had never done that on prior camping trips, and I've never lost so much sleep in one night. This summer while paddling the Nahani River, a bear come into our campsite and f with our canoes. It ripped open one of our spray skirts, dragged a dry suit into the forest and returned to the site five separate times, even after having bear bangers shot around its feet. We later found out that the site we were camped at had been closed for three weeks prior because a bear, presumably the same one, had actually ripped open a tent in the night and ran off with someone's bag. It was only a small black bear, but still pretty sketchy to see that type of aggressive behavior, especially in such a remote setting. Primitive camping slash backpacking with a guy who was not in great shape and who was way overpacked. He had an unrealistic view of his abilities and I was so worried he wouldn't make it out. I lost sleep over my anxiety about it and that put me in more danger as well. I learned to be more selective with my hiking buddies and also be much more appreciative of those who have taught me. People who don't understand their limitations are very scary out in the wilderness. Once when I was in between jobs, I went solo camping with my dog on a Wednesday to a state park in Northern California. Because it was a Wednesday in late October I was the only person in the 60-ish campground car campsite except for an RV on the complete other end of the park. Since there was no one around, there were much more wildlife than normal walking through the campsite. We saw some foxes and coons, quails, etc. In particular we saw many very large deer walking around. My dog was growling and let out a few barks at each of the animals, especially the deer. She was three at the time and is relatively small, but today she doesn't do it anymore after more training, I thought it was pretty cool to see all the wildlife. As the night progressed and darkness set in, I could tell my dog was getting more and more agitated in general. Stiff, always staring at something in the darkness and growling more and more. At one point we heard a loud commotion in the forest probably about 100 yards away. I couldn't hear anything but it sounded like a scuffle and then screeches from foxes or coyotes make that I see in wildlife videos. I had eaten a friendly little edible before dinner and had some wine and was feeling its effects, 
but I wasn't remotely scared at the time as these are normal things that can happen given you were in the wilderness. That being said, I was aware of the fact that there were many more animals around and my dog was growling and I began to subtly pay more attention to what was going on around me. I began to pack up my cooking supplies and food. It was dark at this point and figured it would be nice to have some wine and read by the fire w my dog in my lap, and I wanted to clean up my gear so I could head into bed after. All of a sudden, my dog starts growling louder and harder than I've ever heard, facing directly at where my car is parked. I decide this one may be worth checking, so I shine my flashlight and immediately see two eyes staring back at me from the darkness right behind my car. They were about 2.5 feet off the ground. I assumed a raccoon or something may be standing on its legs, and maybe it was the weed but I definitely felt it had a presence and that it was time to accelerate my cleaning and head into my tent. Now, this wasn't a site with bear warnings or bear lockers. It had standard food lockers, simple clasp, because of this, I elected to place my large supply bag W things like sugar, oil, spices, and ice box W bacon and eggs in the trunk of my car, it's a sedan W a closed separate trunk, and all other food in the wooden food locker directly next to my tent. I figured whatever creature was staring at us was probably interested in my dog and not me, so I held her in one arm as I packed everything up, grabbed my lantern, and head into my tent W my dog to read a book. About 5 minutes after we got in, we were hooves running by the tent from which sounded like multiple animals chasing each other. Paranoia kicking in. About 5 minutes after that, my dog starts growling and I hold her mouth shut, because I can hear large footsteps coming from directly outside my tent. Like, whatever was outside's body was touching the tent. Now, I was more paranoid than anything but also worried for my dog. We could hear something scratching at the food box and then multiple snorting sounds, like deep breaths. I eventually thought I would raise myself up to look through the vent to see what was outside. No way it could be a bear right? There would have been multiple warnings that it's a sight with bear sightings, etc. Nope. I get up and see a massive bear right outside my tent. Now, I don't know if this is my imagination, but I am positive it was two bears although I know that doesn't make sense. If it has been a mother and a cub, the situation would probably have been much more dangerous and I doubt they would have left my alone, right? Given the area I assume it's a black bear. But it was big. And it freaked me out bad. It was literally touching my tent and my poor dog was lying next to me shaking and I had to hold her mouth shut to stop her from barking slash growling. Obviously the generous serving of the giggle bush I ate didn't help the situation lol. Sure enough, in the morning the bag of bread had somehow been yanked out from the box, but somehow the box was still shut. There were large bear marks right outside. Didn't sleep much that night. Even though I was probably very safe, still scares me to this day. Funny how a thin piece of nylon makes you feel protected from a large predator. My first time taking my son camping, just the two of us, not his first time though. He was maybe 5. Up late having a blast running around enjoying the camp. We go to bed, I'm watching a video on my phone while trying to settle in, 
And he giggles. This is like midnight and he's been in bed for an hour. No more giggles for a few minutes. Then he starts laughing like a maniac and sits up and stares at me laughing. I tried talking to him, no reaction. Just giggles and laughter. I pulled him out of his sleeping bag and into mine and tried talking to him. I physically covered his mouth and he just kinda looked at me and stifled a giggle. I finally got him to be quiet and he went to sleep. Asked him about it in the morning he had no recollection. We've camped a bunch since then never happened again. Was creepy. Camping in Africa, woke up to lion prints all around the tent. Later that day, squatting in the outhouse, saw the lion paws walk past through the crack under the door. It was a crazy cheap safari company. The other was four days into a 10-day canoe trip through the north of La Verendry Park in Quebec. I was cooking some pike in a fry pan on the fire. Went to flip it, not realizing the pan had a folding handle. The fish and oil hit me square in the face. Delirious with pain for maybe 18 hours. I was blind in both eyes for a day and a half. Then we packed out the way we had come in, paddling hard in case it got infected. By the time we got back to the car, I could see out of both eyes. All ended well, but it coulda easily gone badly. When I was in Kenya with the military years ago there were three of us out in mosquito domes and camp cots unarmed, right in the middle of the bush. We were bedding in for an exercise next morning. Started hearing woofing sounds and chattering as the others fell asleep. Shone my light and caught the eyes of multiple hyenas scurrying around a distance off. Didn't sleep the entire night. Lay there shitting my pants all night shining my light. Every 20 minutes or so I would hear them shuffling about chattering and woofing. I kept shining my light. I'd catch the eyes glowing up and they'd move away a bit. Once dawn started to break they went away and I slept for 45 minutes before tackling an 18 hour day. Just the most brutal and terrifying feeling I've ever had. The stars in the sky were amazing though. Couple of buddies and myself were camping on a mutual friend's acreage last year. It was dark and I'd stayed at camp to keep the fire going while the other two guys went to gather more wood. I was sitting in my chair having a smoke when suddenly I hear this ungodly, almost angry, scream, just one long, sharp note, about 35 feet down the hill in the tree line. I can see foliage rustling where the sound came from and I immediately draw the sidearm I keep with me while camping and scan the trees with my light. Then it started running through the foliage parallel with the trail and I can see the headlights my buddies were wearing bobbing down the trail towards camp. As I was giving chase my buddies and I met in the middle of the path right as it veered further into the woods and started running even faster. My friends had matching looks of terror on their faces and were immediately relieved to see me because they thought the screeching was coming from me being attacked. They heard and saw the disturbance in the foliage themselves as I chased it towards them. From the sounds of the footfalls we'd all determined it was bipedal in nature, though we aren't aware of anything bipedal that can move that fast through dense woods. Only reason I was able to keep up for a few yards was because I had wide open trail to run down. 
We still don't know if it was just some methed out tweaker pulling shit in the woods or something else, I'm pretty sure even tweakers can't move that fast through the woods in the dark. Camping with my mom, my little siblings and my mom's boyfriend at the time. My mom went off with her boyfriend, said they'd be right back. An hour or so later, me and my little siblings are sitting around the campfire joking around and our mom still hasn't returned yet. We see a police helicopter with its searchlight flying over us and hear cop sirens in the distance. In seeing this, I stupidly say as a joke, they're probably looking for mom. We all laugh. Another hour or so later, our mom and her boyfriend still haven't returned, and then several officers pull up into our camp spot. Me, being the only adult at the time in our group, gets pulled aside by the officers and told that our mom and her boyfriend were just arrested for grand theft auto. They do a quick search of our camp and head out. I then, being only 18 or 19 I think, suddenly have temporary custody of my little siblings while my mom was in jail. Me, 15 at the time, some of my classmates and two teachers hiked 10 kilometers into the Swedish wilderness. We set up camp beside a lake and on the other side of the lake was a some kind of mansion that looked abandoned. We slept under tarps and in the middle of the night a loud boom goes of and it's pitch black and I'm super scared. My mind instantly thought, some old mansion owner has hiked through the woods to our side and brought his rifle, we're all gonna die out here in the dark woods. My friend calmed me down eventually and I managed to get some sleep. Turned out that the loud bang was one of our, black sheep, classmate who made a small explosive slash banger just to F with us. Deep in and off trail. Up and out to pee around 2 AM, new moon. See what looked like lantern light maybe 200 feet away. No sounds. I stood still and watched. It moved very slowly and I couldn't tell if toward me or not. Crawled back in tent to get a torch and my knife. Stepped back out and it was gone. That was horrible feeling. Turning on the torch kinda made me more creeped out. Nothing happened but I didn't sleep after that and I heard every damn tiny sound. LOL. Checked around in the morning and found nothing to speak of. I know the likelihood of danger from another human is low, but the fear got the better of me that night. I still question if I handled it well, should I have called out right away? I've only occasionally run into other hikers deep in, but mostly near trails. This particular time I was very remote and seemed very unlikely to be another hiker. Oh well. During a field school in northern Alabama we lived in a tent city situated in a patch of woods at the top of a bluff overlooking a slough off the Tennessee River. We had those old-fashioned military-style A-frame tents and cots. Pretty cushy camping, relatively speaking, but if you're gonna live in a tent for six weeks it might as well be comfortable. We'd hear coyotes at night and see coppermouths and water moccasins on the regular but nothing was as terrifying as the nighttime thunderstorms. I normally love a good storm, but
But I've never been as scared as I was that summer when the storms would come through and the wind would whip across the cow pastures and hit the patch of woods we were in. The trees would go nuts, bending nearly in half, branches falling, thunder cracking every five seconds. And all I could do was slam a couple of beers in the hopes I'd pass out quick so I wouldn't have to lay there sweating it out crossing my fingers a tornado wouldn't spin up or a tree wouldn't land on me in the middle of the night. Completely at the mercy of mother nature. A couple of times we did have to evacuate the tents and go down to the cave at the bottom of the cliff. We made it through that summer, mostly, unscathed, but two years later the entire camp, including the open-sided two-story mess hall slash field lab and most of the trees in the camp area, got completely flattened by straight-line winds. I saw the pictures and got chills thinking about what could have happened if there had been people actively working there at the time. Growing up in the Appalachian region of North Alabama and as a Boy Scout who spent lots of time in the woods, I heard plenty of stories of cryptids. Be it Bigfoot, Skinwalkers, or whatever else, if it's a supernatural being said to dwell anywhere in the southeastern United States, I probably heard about it. I never loved being alone in the woods at night, it was always slightly off-putting, sometimes I felt like I was being watched. But I did love the outdoors. When I was a Boy Scout, probably 12-13 years old, we camped at a campsite on the shore of a lake in northeast Alabama. It was July at the time, and it was the sweltering hot that only southerners can relate to. It was so hot that I was laying, in only my underwear, on top of my sleeping bag, at 11 p.m., sweating. I couldn't sleep, so I decided to go sit by the embers of the fire we had earlier that evening. I went out, and about five of my friends are also sitting around the fire for essentially the same reason. I went and sat with them, and we talked for several minutes. There was a two-three mile hiking loop up and down a nearby mountain that we decided to hike, because we were all bored and couldn't sleep. We notified an adult, and started our journey, just us guys hiking up a mountain in the middle of nowhere at 11 at night. It is important to note that there is a small ditch running parallel to the trail, presumably for water drainage, the whole way up. Part way up, I thought I heard rustling very near us, so I stopped and shined my flashlight around, seeing nothing and presuming it was some animal. This happened twice more before I stopped everyone and was like do y'all hear that? Several didn't hear it, but a couple did, so, theorizing that we were being followed, we stopped for like 15 seconds and shine our flashlights around to see if we could spot whatever we thought was tailing us. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up, my sixth sense was going crazy and I felt like someone was for sure watching us. Then, we heard it, clear as day, in the close vicinity of us, probably within 15 feet, a young girl cackled. I immediately spun around to see if anyone else had heard it, and the two cross-country runners were already sprinting back the way we came. Well, I'm 14, so I've got no time for logical thinking. I just know I'm not gonna be the last in the race for survival, and I take off after them. Boy, when I tell you I had never run so fast in my life. We sprint about 3 slash 4th of a mile on a dirt trail down a mountain in the dark, nearly leaving behind the highish functioning special member on the group, 
and rendezvous at the camp. We were all super shook. I knew it was none of us, I was standing closest to the noise and it was on the other side of the group from us. And I knew no one in the group could make that noise, it was a lot more coarse and gritty and authentic sounding than I think any of us could have made. We went and fetched an adult, who, of course, did not believe us at first, but we were so shook that he ended up leading an expeditionary group back up the trail, consisting of the braver parts of the expeditionary group, including myself, and several adults. We barely get on the trail before we see a silhouette on the dark. I turn on my heel to book it before the light illuminates it and it's old Mr. Marco, a mid-fifties scout leader and auto mechanic in our group, who starts laughing and clapping so hard that I thought he'd pass out. He tells us that he climbed in that ditch all the way up with us and made the noise to scare us. He absolutely fooled me. And that was the night that I lost my man card.